Welcome to the PCS to Corporate America podcast from Cameron Brooks. Our mission here at Cameron Brooks is to help educate junior military officers about their transition options and to inspire veterans to transform their lives and their careers. Everyone, thanks for joining us for another edition of the Cameron Brooks podcast. I'm pleased to bring uh, former Green Corps officer Colin Floyd to the episode. Colin, thanks for joining the podcast. Pete, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. All right. So why don't why don't we just start off just for the audience, like you know, give tell your military story. You know, just give us a little bit about your military background. Sure. So uh, I was in low altitude air defense officer, um, and what that means is um, in the Marine Corps, um, very small supply of, of ground based air defense. We're the, the primary focus of that. So we had we had what's called the Stinger missile. It was a shoulder fired. Uh, service air weapons system um we would provide air defense for uh, high level assets and emergency and, and the like um so i was yeah i started out as a patrol commander i did the xo uh, job and then i was in the s3 for a little bit um, and i got to end my time uh, as a battery commander for a little while um yeah. i'm stationed in north carolina in north carolina at cherry point um and i hope you got to spend some time overseas in japan and the philippines okay so when you and I met, and I definitely want to hear your camera rook story, but when you and I met, we met for the first time uh, just about a year ago. As a matter of fact, believe it or not, uh, we're recording this uh, episode in mid-December. You and I met on December 14th of 2022. And so I definitely want to hear your camera rook story, but why don't you just t- tell us, who do, you, who do you work for? What do you do? What, have they, you know, what do your company do? What do you do for that company? Just give us a little bit of sense of what you're doing in corporate America. Yeah, so I work for a company called Berry Global. Um, they are a Fortune 300 company. Um, they are the biggest purchaser of resin in the world. And if you don't know what resin is, that I think they didn't before I uh, I started this job. But resin is essentially the small little plastic pellets. Um, and you, you essentially melt those down and make plastic. And there's different kinds of resin, but that's essentially what makes all the plastic in the whole wide world. But Barry is the number one um, purchaser of that. Um, and within that, they make just about any kind of plastic item you can think of. Uh, they say that you're never more than seven feet away from a Barry product, whether it's, you know, the cap on your water bottle or your, your condiment container or anything like that. Barry makes all yeah. of it. And so I work um, in the engineer materials division under performance materials. And I work in the stretch film division. So I sell the stretch film. So what is stretch film? Um, if you've seen pallets, you know, with, with any kind of box or products on out of, out of shipping containers, the plastic wrap that goes around it, that's stretch film, right? So it's not something you think about, um, but it's a, it's a billion dollar industry. And so what I do is I, you know, we're the manufacturer, Barry, and I sell this stretch film to distributors who are essentially like middlemen. So these distributing co- distributor companies take a bunch of products, not just stretch film, but, you know, packaging the products boxes, tape, stuff like that. They buy these from distributors and then they market up 20% and then they sell it to customers you've heard of like a Coca-Cola or a Pepsi or something like that. What I do is I go in, I go into these, these Coca-Cola plants with these distributor reps and together we kind of sell the stretch film. So the distributor rep is kind of talking to the, the high level people um, and I'm actually demoing the film. So I'm getting hands on. You know, I'm physically showing them how this, how the, the film works. So a lot of technicalities about it, which I really like. Um, 
But in a nutshell, that's what I do. No, I'm going to, I'm after lemon to fill honestly. So you're, you're a former Marine Corps, low altitude air defense guy. And before you and I ever met, I think it would be safe to assume you'd never heard of berry plastics. You said you didn't know what resin was, but you'd never heard of berry plastics, right? That's, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Very global. And, and so, and so what gave you the confidence? I actually want to get into a couple of other things you said, because I think the listeners are going to be interested in, in, in what exactly you do and the value you bring, but what gave you the confidence didn't know that Barry was right for you considering, you know, we, you know, maybe you didn't exactly know who they were before you'd ever met them. What gave you the confidence that they were right for you? Well, a lot of things, you know, I think obviously, you know, if, if you do your own research, your guys' track record speaks for itself. But I, I think for me, um, one of the important parts of that was actually something that you recommended was reaching out to some of the former um, people who come through Ken Brooks. And so I did. I, I talked to uh, a couple people, uh, one of them who actually works at Barry now, um, and they just reassured me. You know, they're like, hey, listen, trust the process. Cameron Brooks knows what they're doing. I love my job now. It's an incredible company. It's an incredible job. Trust the process. Do, this, like, follow the steps they say, and you'll be successful. And when you look at that, I'm, I'm living it out. So pretty happy. So what, another thing you said is you work at the Engineered Materials Division. Or is that what you said? Engineer material, performance yep. material. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it kind of goes engineer material and then performance material, and then film is one of the performance materials. Okay, gotcha. So, so for people that don't appreciate or aren't in the business of distribution or whatever it might be, maybe they don't know the value of stretch film. One that it's engineered for two specific purposes: strength and uh, and weight you know, mostly, but can you, you know, what's the, when you're with a customer, what kind of things are you guys talking about? So I think first it, it kind of depends on the customer, right? So some of them are, are price driven, right? So they're like, Hey, what's the, what's the price for pound? And that's kind of all that they care about, which is not my favorite kind of customer. Um, but you know, it's definitely one that you can deal with, but on the flip side, you know, something that I really like to do, especially if I have a really good distributor rep is, Barry's film is actually just about like the most expensive on the market. And they're, but the reason we're successful is because it's the best. And if you utilize it the correct way, it'll actually save people money in the long run, i.e. it's the strongest, right? So you're not going to have any issues, but it's also the lightest, right? So if we get them in the highest performance film, it could be the lightest and it's going to be used less material, so it's going to be more sustainable, but it's also going to actually the customers are going to use less in the long run because they're using less when they're wrapped around. And that's something that you have to kind of work in over time. And, and Barry does a really good job. I'll go into the, to the plant. I'll bring my computer. Um, I'll, I'll pick down a, a bunch of metrics with, with the couple of tools that I have. And I'll produce it into an Excel sheet and that will turn into a really pretty PDF that has a grafting charts and we'll send that to the customer. Um, and, 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 10 times out of 10, they're like, wow, this is, this is a no-brainer. Like, oh, why would I not want to buy this film? And, but, it's, right. but it's 10 bucks more all roll or something, you know? Right. But it, again, it's, it's kind of the idea, like the buy a night, you buy a twice type of thing. Yeah, it's good. That's a, the, and I know when you're, when you're making that economics, all of you're like, price for pound, I don't want to talk to you. Those can be, those can be hard conversations. But when you're, when you really get to, and this is what you're talking about. And I love talking about this with people on, Tell people on this podcast, when you really get down to it, your customers 
are running businesses and and the you know the global or the you know universal equation for business is revenue minus cost equals profit and so what you're demonstrating to them is like you said buy dice or buy twice yeah it may cost you a little bit on the front side but the amount of money that you're going to save on the back side which is ultimately going to contribute to the business is one that uh, one that you should consider and it's not like people are considering it exactly yeah and that's something i mean something from i've learned just in personal experience and then working this job and it's like you know you could do something you can get, get something cheaper but in the long run it's it's not going to pan out like you're going to have to buy it again soon versus yeah. if you get something nice it's going to last you a lot a lot much longer it's the same thing with touch film yeah it makes sense um now when you came to the conference you um you interviewed for a number of different companies um some of them that you pursued and and frankly some of them you didn't pursue um, do you remember off the top of your head how many companies you interviewed with? I do. Yeah, it was eleven. Eleven. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually as you as you were as I was asking, I was also pulling it up to, to see kind of your conference. So you had plenty of options. You had plenty of other things that you could do. But one of the things that I remember, and I went back and read this note, but I remember you saying it to me the first time you and ever met you and I had ever met. You had said to me that you sent out dozens of resumes to companies in your area, right? You were, you, and so you're, just think about this for the audience. Think about what we're doing here. You've got a guy who came to a conference, had 11 companies, had many of those companies pursuing him, right? They were, they were, at least they were pursuing each other. And now Colin's off doing great things at, at a Fortune 300 company. But before he and I met, um, you know, like you said, it, just to use your use your words, like sent my resume to dozens of companies in, in again in your area. What what happened with that? Or could you tell the our listeners here like your story as it relates to that? Sure. Yeah. So I guess I guess I'll try not to take too much time. Um, but the the story is that you know when I was in the Marine Corps, I was living on the coast of North Carolina, and I, and I was dating a girl in Raleigh. And, you know, the plan was, you know, to move to, when I got out, move to Raleigh, be with her and, you know, get a job, you know, working in some kind of ops, general management, project management, something like that. Kind of just typical military officer, like, oh, I'll use my leadership, you know, and I'll, I'll bank on that. And now it's kind of all I had to go off. And so I get out April, um, move to Raleigh and I started, you know, applying for jobs. I was, you know, using LinkedIn. I found some local recruitment offices and tried to use them. Um, took some, you know, resume classes, pushed out a bunch of resumes and stuff like that. And I got a couple interviews, um, but yeah, number one, I did not get that in air spot again. Number two, the interviews that I did go on, and this is something that, you know, all the kids who like the camera books either know or will know what's our career program is. I just was not going about it the right way. And, you know, some of the, some of the highlights include, you know, I would talk about salary in that first interview. I would not do my research on the companies. I would, as most military officers, you know, you guys talk about this a lot, you kind of just rely on, you know, my experience that I have in the, in the military as an officer and as a leader, like, oh, I, I've led, you know, hundreds of people. I can, this, this should be no problem. So I, I can just go in here and wing this. Um, and that was not the case, obviously. So that's what brought me to you guys. Mm-hmm. How'd you, um, well, I said before, I was about to say, how'd you hear about camera Brooks? Um, any, any, how far, how far did you make it in an interview process with a company? And I'll tell it their name, but 
How did you did you make it far in any of those cases? Honestly, no. There was I think I in the span of I think I was looking for a job. I think I was it was probably for two months, and I, I ended up going to Europe and traveling for a while before I went to the conference with Cameron Brooks. But I think for about two months, I think I had four inter. I think I got four interviews, and these were all virtual, and, and I did not get a second on any of them. This is such a leading question, Colin. I know you know the answer. I feel like I, not that I know the answer, but I, I mean, I think it's an important point. Like, why do you, like, you come to our conference, you get companies to pursue you, 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 you know, you're out there having interviews. Why, why do you think they're not pursuing you? Maybe some of it is interview issues, like you were talking about salary in the first in- interview. That's probably, not probably. That's an that that's a non-starter for a lot of companies. What what else? I mean, maybe speak to it from the company perspective. Did they? Did they understand your background? That did, did he even know what an LAD Marine Corps officer is? Yeah, I think there's a lot of things. I think you know, obviously, one of the best things Cameron Brooks does is prepare the candidate specifically for interviews because that's you know, if you interview well for that first one, then you're going to get a follow up and then you know, going and so forth. But I really think it was just you know, going through the GPP. I think the first couple of aspects you learned. I learned about myself. You know, I learned what my strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, you think you know all your strengths will be missing, but something that me and, me and you talked about was at the beginning, I was like, yeah, I want to go into a, you know, an ops leadership type role. And then, you know, talking with obviously yourself with the sales background and going through some of the DPP, I was like, well, hold on. Are they like building relationships? I think I would perform and really well in sales. I think I would like it. Um, and that's something that was not even on my radar when I was meeting for jobs initially. Um, so I think it was just knowing, like truly knowing my skill set and knowing what I bring to the table, but more importantly, relating the military experiences to the civilian you know, life. And I, and I had not done that yet. I was like, I, it was just simply, yeah, I was, I was a lad officer. I was a leader. You know, I dealt with people, but I didn't know how to verbalize specifically like in, in corporate speak, how to, how to like relate that into at the time an ops role or obviously now. With Barry in the sales role, and that's what Cameron Brooks did so well for me. Hmm. So here, here, this is the question I gave to you before we started. What, um, how did you connect being a lad officer and low altitude? And how did you connect that to sales? All right, so you you just said, hey, you know, I did a good job connecting my background. How how does one, you know, and I know that we have more than just lad Marine Corps officers that listen to this podcast, but how do how do you do it? I think it was it was the relationships, and there's a lot of questions um, that we that we prepped for we the study groups relating to relationships or uh, times you convince someone of something was was a really big one. So there's a lot of questions that have to do around, around convincing someone of something, whether it's a peer, someone lower than you, someone higher than you, and working through the DPP and 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 remembering those instances, like and then writing them down. And then, and then remembering, wow, this was this was a, a textbook sales opportunity. I just didn't see it at the time. You know, going you got, when you're, you're if you're a platoon commander, if you're a platoon commander, you're going to to your your XO or your battery commander and convincing him to let you do some kind of training, or you know, it, let's say one of your marines gets in trouble, you have to back him up um, and protect him from whatever it is. That's you're 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 selling you're selling them, you're selling yourself, you're selling an idea. 
And you don't even realize that until, and I, I didn't realize that until I went to the DPP program. Like this is, this is relationship building, this is sales. So, yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit of how, how did you, all right. So you were out there interviewing, you know, you had that trip. You were already out of the Marine Corps. Like the plan was get out, quite a job, go work. How did, how did, where did, how and when and where did Cameron Brooks come into your life? So, and I don't know if you, if you actually, I'm sure you do remember this, but I actually, in December of 2022, before I was still in, I had talked to you guys initially and I kind of told you, Hey, my plan is to go to Raleigh. I don't want to go anywhere else. You go to Raleigh. Can you help me? And, and you know, your guys gives my little tail. I need you guys to be focused on or willing to go anywhere in the country. And so we, we couldn't really find a good partnership. Um, and obviously that was on me. And then once I got out in April, and then I think I want to say it was in April or May that we reconnected. May twelve, it's probably up. May twelve, okay. So, yeah, that's, there you go. <laughs> so in, in in May, you know, once I got to Raleigh, I realized you know I was not going to be in Raleigh long term. I said, hey, I I called you guys back. Um, I'm willing to go anywhere in the country. And I actually remember you saying, hey, welcome to Camera Books. We're excited to have you part of the program. And and yeah. and that's where I went from there. I do want to make one clarification for those that are listening. Um, you know, the, it's more advantageous, the more open you are on location, the more advantageous your search becomes because that suddenly does not become a discriminator. Like, you know, your, your best fitting company may be in a location that you're unwilling to go and you say, well, okay, that's fine. You know, it's, I'm not even, could it even be my best fitting company if it was in a location I was unwilling to go and so that's a fair argument. What I'm saying is like the company that maybe you would be most attracted to or the culture that you would be most attracted to or the relationship you'd have with your boss and team. And so the idea is not like you must be able to willing to go to, you know, every single place, you know, you know, it's more like, tell me where you want to be and I'm going to prioritize those. Let's start there. Like, where's the priority locations and going into that and then, okay, well, where's the neutral zone for the right role we would go there. So it's really what Colin's saying. I'm just, I'm adding a little bit of a fighter point on it. It's not like, hey, I got to be willing to go to, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I hesitate to say a place, so I don't want to offend anyone, but go to a place that I just don't want to go to. And uh, it's, it's a little less about that and more like, all right, well, what's the priority? And for you, Colin, you're like, listen, I'll go anywhere because my priority is to find the best amongst many. And if that means that I've got to start in a place I'm not as interested in, so I can go and build a skill set, then so be it. Now let's talk a little bit about that. So you initially started, and we talked, like you said, it was actually your go tomorrow. Then you said, "Hey, like I'm going to be in Raleigh, and that's what it's going to be." And then you went off into your thing for a little while, and and came up a little bit short. So we had another conversation. Um, but now you live in a completely different place. First off, where do you live? I live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Okay. Now, are you from Indy? Nope. <laughs> Okay. Where are you from, by the way? Uh, I'm from the Seattle area. So born in Arizona, but grew up and raised in, in, in Washington. So about half an hour east of Seattle, went to college out there as well. And how's Indy treating you? Honestly, it's great. So this this was, you know, kind of, like I said, I, I, I came to you, I said, I'm willing to go anywhere. And I had some ideas of, of places that I potentially wanted to go. Nothing really back in them other than they sounded like nice places. Um, and Indy was not on that was, was not on that list. And, yeah. and when I got this job, when I got this job, they said they said we want you in the 
in the Indiana, Kentucky, Ohio market, um, I picked Indianapolis with really not knowing much about it. And I'm, I'm actually thrilled here. I'm, I'm very, very happy here. I, uh, like why I live right half in or what's helping you feel that way. So I, I do have, um, I have one new cousin. I have a first cousin and her husband live near here as well as a second cousin. And her husband also live here. So that was a, a little bit of a factor, at least terming me living in Indy, Louisville or Cincinnati. But honestly, I really, I didn't know a lot about Indianapolis. Uh, I, I kind of just took a leap of faith, if you will. And I love it here. I live right downtown. Um, and I, again, it was kind of just like a leap of faith thing. I, I, I didn't know much about it and it, it really panned out for me. So, and, and plus with my job, I get to travel quite a bit. So I do get to see a lot of other places as well, which is a nice little bonus. One of the things that I know about what you're doing right now, you're probably not thinking about this yet. I mean, you haven't been appearing all that long quite yet. But one of the things that I know is going to happen with you, Colin, is you're going to build a skill set that is going to make you super marketable. Like once you're good at selling something, well, really once you're good at anything, once you're good at your thing, being able to navigate and probably with Barry being as big as they are, you probably just got to do it with Barry that you, that you, since you're going to have a brand, you're building your brand at that company, you're going to have a brand at that company, you're going to bring value to the company. They're not going to want to lose you. And maybe someday you say, I think I want to, I want to make my big way back to Seattle, or I want to move down to Phoenix, or I'm going to live in Dallas, or I want to, you know, wherever you want to go, you're going to take that skill set of yours, that sales skill set after three, four years. And man, you're going to sell that. You're going to be a division manager. The reason I know that is like, is your, is your boss Trey? Uh, and he is not, he's in the division, but I, I've, I've talked to Trey before. Yeah. So Trey, Trey is a camera book alumnus from, I don't know, 10 years ago, former Marine Corps pilot. And he's like a division BP or something at this point. And, you know, he did the same thing you're doing. He started in sales at Barry and now he's 10 years later, you know, a VP of something. And so you're just building a skill set. That is going to allow you to really propel your career and frankly, a lot of different, any direction you want it to go in. You know what I mean? Are you even, are you even thinking about that right now? Maybe it's a little too early to start that conversation. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's obviously what, you know, you guys tell us is what I forget, but you know, I, I'm really enjoying the role I'm learning. I'm enjoying yeah. learning, say learning sales and yeah. learning the industry and learning my product. Um, and obviously that's, that's in the back of my mind, you know, but right now I'm focused on just like, just like right when you get in the Marine Corps or, or the military as often, like yeah. learning your job, learn, learn how to know, do it well. And then you'll work from there. So I'm, I'm into learning my job and learn how to do it well right now. Yeah. We're, we're, we're maybe a little upstream. I'm, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but you and I are going to be friends for a long time. And, and I know that here, here in the not too distant future or, you know, down the road, we're going to be having some conversations that you're as you're managing your career and you're looking out to what's next. And, you know, it won't be me. You'll have all kinds of people, you know, former military and others that are going to, they're going to help you along the way. So that's really good. Um, one of the, one of the questions that, that I did throw at you before we started is, you know, if you would have had more time in the development and preparation program, you know, what, what's maybe one thing you didn't get as much of an opportunity to, Participated that you think could have helped you, you know, had you been in the program just a little bit longer. Yeah, I think so. So for me, I, I was only in the program I believe three months, which was I think pretty short compared to most of the candidates. And while I, obviously I learned so much, 
so many things in such a short amount of time. I think the study group is, and this is not something that the candidates have not, have not heard before, but the, the study group was, was, I think, probably the most double thing. And just being able to bounce off ideas off each other and practice our questions. And like you guys talk about, we're not rehearsing our answers, but we are memorizing kind of the structure so that what we, what my group did later down the road was we would ask each other questions, kind of off the wall questions, um, that, that we hadn't been prepared whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But us, us knowing the structure that you guys had laid out, we were able to apply that to kind of even these off the wall questions. And I think that helped us immensely. So I think if I could have done that even more, you know, I would have even been more prepared, but, but again, that was incredibly helpful. That's great. All right. Let's land this Twain. One more question for you. All right. So you're giving advice. Oh, there's like, you've been through this saying you've launched your career. You're out there doing great things at a, at a, at a really, at a great company that people like go to Barry and they never leave. They just grow their career. Some advice that you would give to someone who's either maybe they're considering should they partner with Cameron Brooks or maybe they're in the program and they're, you know, just waiting for their conference, still trying to feel confident in what they're working on. What's some advice that you would give? Yeah, I would say, you know, my advice would be for people in the program, um, especially those kind of coming up on a conference. Um, I, th- I think my advice is kind of unique. Um, but what I'll say is when I went into the conference, um, I had, you know, you have us, you have us rank our, our companies. And Barry was really my top choice. They were number one from the get-go. And that was from a mix of, you know, the presentations that you guys gave us and the research I've done on my own, on top of the fact that I knew someone at Barry and I had talked to them and asked them about it and they just felt nothing but prejudice. Um, but Barry was my very first interview on, on, on the morning of day one of, of the conference. Of the interview. And at the end of the interview, I told them, uh, you know, thank you for your time. I appreciate you guys talk, enjoying the talk, and uh, you guys are my number one choice. Um, and, and obviously, I know, I know you guys say if they're in their talk, tell them they're in the top. But don't tell that to everyone. And I did not. Barry was the only company that I told you're my top choice. And then the same thing when I when they flew me out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, for the follow up interview. Um, as I was leaving, I made sure to shake everyone's hand and I said, "Hey, this, you guys are my number one choice. I want to work for you." And I think them seeing that and them believing that was part of the reason why I got the job. And again, I did I didn't say that to anyone else. I told that just to Barry because I I meant it. Um, and I think they saw my passion and they saw that, that truly I did want to work for them and no one else. So yeah, that's good. I think that that would be my advice. Okay, yeah, that's good. I'll let you know. And and I think and I really appreciate what you said. Like I always said it to one company. But but that doesn't mean, and you probably do do this to other companies. That doesn't mean you can't say to other companies, "Hey, that right now, as you're closing the interview, you know, you're one of the top companies that I'm right. doing right now." This is all in the follow. Right. Just for those listening, this is all in all the follow up interview process. This is really where you're going to use most of this. Um, so it's okay to say that. It's okay. You know, one of the things I think people miss on a lot in interviewing is they're they're they don't know how to express interest so they end up, usually end up doing it the wrong way but man if you can express your interest in the company and who they are and what they do and do what they do and do it in a genuine and sincere way i think uh i think you, you know that's really one of the things that differentiates folks in an interview and something that if you're listening to this and thinking about your experiences something you can really key in on as you're uh, as you're thinking about the future 
Okay, Colin, well, thank you very much, my friend. We're going to land the plane here. I really appreciate you carving out some time to just tell your story and tell tell the world how it worked out for you and, and how you're making your way post-Marine Corps and, and doing great things at Barrett. Thank you for taking the time to uh, to meet with me today. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Pete. All right. And that's where I'll stop it. I'll stop it. Um, the audio here. So yeah, Colin, thanks so much, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, the, I do use video. These podcasts just help so much. And so I really appreciate you taking the time. They do. And, and if you have, I know like, like you did for me, if you have anyone who wants to reach out to me and ask, ask about, you know, the interview process, try to think out with them. I'm up open door. So right on. I, um, I'm not even sure we've asked you formally for that, but I'm going to go ahead and turn that on in your profile just so you so now you're on have you're on the list so i appreciate you doing that yeah, yeah absolutely okay man well uh merry christmas to you thanks for taking out the time and uh and we'll talk hopefully we'll talk down the road sounds good yeah, that'd be- all right all right take care hey everyone thanks for listening to another edition of the camera brooks podcast i hope you enjoyed this conversation with colin you know, one of the reasons I wanted to have Colin on is because you know, obviously I knew his story well, got out of the military, tried to do a search by throwing out a bunch of resumes, didn't really get much traction. And so I intentionally wanted him to tell his story because we're starting to see more and more out there, a lot of different ways for military officers to move to corporate America. And what we're slowly starting to see, or maybe not so slowly starting to see, is a little bit of a, I don't know the right word, commoditization of the military officer just as hey you're you military officer just like every other person who serves and and i feel like and we feel like you're cameron brooks that your leadership advantage is substantial and where you are in your experience and in your life and in your career your leadership advantage is really is really the thing that sets you apart and i wanted to say that i wanted to start to say that in this conversation stay tuned for the next episode for the, in the next episode I'm going to talk a little bit about SkillBridge. I'm going to tell you, as Kevin Brooks, we're an approved SkillBridge provider, so I'm going to tell you about our SkillBridge program. And then I'm just going to speak broadly about SkillBridge. I'm going to have on a um, uh, someone who came through the Kevin Brooks program and participated in the SkillBridge so they can tell their story as well as it relates to their experience. So stay tuned for that one. Uh, give me two weeks to record that one, and we'll catch you on the next one. Until next time, make it a great day.